0: to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. The mission of this radio show is to enable every listener to achieve their career aspirations and advance their careers, to achieve their potential, and meet their financial goals. Now, here are your hosts, Ken and Cheryl Dawson.
1: Welcome. Ken and Cheryl here with Dr. Joseph Harrison on jobs that support the troops. Well, Americans are proud of our military and the sacrifices they make to serve our country and protect our freedoms. We do um, not often hear about the many civilians who work in organizations that support our military, but today we're going to learn about one of those, the Civilian Medical Corps. We want to begin today's show by honoring our veterans and particularly those who've made the ultimate sacrifice. There's no greater contribution one can make than giving their life for their country. Uh, the second greatest contribution is being wounded in action, and today's guest will share how the troops who require medical care supported by the Civilian Medical Corps. But before we begin, I want to remind you of our seven free videos that will help you get a better job, better pay, and a better life. To access these free videos, simply go to www.betterjobbetterlife.com. Now, let me give a brief background on Joseph Harrison. Uh, Dr. Harrison is retired uh, United States Air Force Medical Service Corps officer Since retiring from active duty, he has held positions in human resources for several hospitals and a medical research organization. Dr. Harrison worked with the Air Force Manpower Agency as well as the Workforce Opportunities Council in the recruitment, development, and promotion of individuals employed or seeking employment with the federal government. He currently serves as the Chief of Civilian Human Resources Division for the U.S. Army Medical Command. The branch was launched in April of 2008, just a couple of years ago, to help recruitment of medical personnel. Dr. Harrison received his Ph.D. from Texas A&M University in Human Resource Development and is an adjunct faculty member with the University of Phoenix, among other universities. Welcome, Joseph.
2: Well, thank you very much, Joe. I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you.
1: Well, we're delighted to have you. We'd like to kind of start the show by uh, talking about your um, background in the military, and I uh, understand that you were initially in the Air Force. So can you tell us just what drove you to join the Air Force and when that was and kind of a little bit about your early career? Well,
2: um, I want to make a long story short because I know our time is um, you know, limited. But I would say I, will tell you, I, I uh, originally went into the Air Force in uh, 1976, and um, I went in as an enlisted person, because if you all those who are old enough to remember, um, the economy was uh, very similar to the way it is now. Um, job prospects weren't bad and and I wanted to get an education because I was originally uh, originally from Akron, Ohio, and if you know anything about Akron, it's one of those places that uh, at that time at least it was called the rubber capital of the world you know you had Goodrich, Firestone, all those big tire companies, and and that was the, the prospect. Um, in reality, when I think back, um, my vision of the world at that particular time was to uh, grow up, you get out of high school, you get a job at Firestone or Goodrich or one of those places, and you work for 20-something years or whatever, you get your finger cut off, they give you $200 in a gold watch and say thank you. I mean, in reality that was that was what i was surrounded by but I, I wanted to do more than that uh and so i decided well uh now's a good time to to go into the uh air force um it was a decision that um, it wasn't made hastily but i i believe that the air force could offer, offer me some great opportunities um serving on active duty i did not plan on making it a career though i, I really did not my plan was to uh, enter the air Force um, get enough money for the g i bill get out and go to school and um, go back into the civilian life well twenty two years five months, and one day later, I finally did do that
1: <laughs> 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 well what what did you like about the air Force that uh, that you decided to make it a career well yet
2: all of the opportunities um, there were there are opportunities for um, education, training, experiences, and it was a camaraderie that um, is very difficult to find. I say outside the fence is what I call it because you know most military installations are um, fenced in, and of course that's for security reasons. But you know I had played sports um, when I was younger, and you know within sports teams, um, team sports that is, you get a you get a sense of camaraderie because. Um, What i found is that when people go through things together, they become closer. And uh, in the military, you go through a lot of stuff with people, if you will, because the military is just what it is. I mean, it's there to help defend our freedoms, and the people who are doing that are are making a great sacrifice, and especially since we have an all-volunteer force. And so it was during that time that um, I, I, um, I... really enjoyed it i mean i 'm not going to say it was um, the easiest life, and i 'm not going to say it it 's a life for everyone because it does take a special person to to serve in our military and it also um, someone who decides to make it a career because it 's just not a career for that person uh, it 's a career for family because even though I went in i wasn 't uh, married at the time I, I did get married. Um, it becomes a situation that is just not the individual serving, it is the family serving. And that kind of leads into what we're talking about now because when we're talking about health care and, and, and the civilians we're trying to uh, recruit, it, it boils down to we're not just treating that individual, we're treating the individual, the family members, uh, we're also treating the retirees, and their family members. And in some instances, uh, instances excuse me, uh, like in overseas and other locations, uh, we may even be treating some DOD civilians and their dependents. So it's, it's a lot more um, than just, uh, as some people may think on if they watch TV or something, that they see the soldier and they don't know what the support system is behind that soldier. So it, it, it's one of those um, situations, again, back to why did I stay. That was that was one of the main reasons. It was the opportunity, the camaraderie and and I will say this to you, it was um, making that decision was the best decision in my life because through all that I, I gained my education uh, all the way up through acquiring a PhD from Texas A and M. University.
3: Well Joseph, we really appreciate having you having me on the show and As we approach Memorial Day, we do a show for veterans on on typically Memorial Day, Veterans Day, July 4th, many of the holidays, and uh, today we have thousands of veterans listening in, and uh, we really appreciate uh, your being on our show and uh, look forward to your expertise as it relates to helping them. Joseph, in our book, Job Search the Total System, we do an awful lot to help everyone, not just veterans or people coming out of the military, achieve better job, better pay, better life, and that's, this is what it's all about. And what I'd like to do is have you um, uh, help our listeners with uh, specific skills and abilities that you have that can help them and companies. For instance, as we discussed prior to the show, uh, oftentimes companies do not understand necessarily uh, the military background, where they've been, what they've done, how they've done it. They don't understand uh, civilian uh, occupations and how they relate to military occupations. So if you wouldn't mind, uh, let's begin by having you share with our listeners many, many again, again, who are listeners in, with military backgrounds or veterans who are, who are desperately trying to get into organizations but are having difficulty uh, understanding what it takes for a veteran to get into a civilian organization, could you share your thoughts on that place
2: yeah i and, and i yes I will, and I understand exactly what you're what you 're talking about um, I, and i 'm going to relate this back to um, something that I often discuss with people and it 's about um, it relates to our all volunteer force uh, back in one thousand nine hundred and seventy three when the draft ended. Uh, the demographics for the military changed um, tremendously. Uh, at one point in, the, in our nation's history, uh, almost almost every family was touched by someone in the military. And so they had a little more intimate knowledge of what was involved and the types of jobs and positions that uh, people in the military held and, and the things that they did. Well, since that time, Uh, The demographic has become a lot smaller, and so that means that uh, so many people within our nation uh, have no real connection to the military other than the fact that they know that they can get up and go and do what they want to when they feel like it. Um, They know that there's men and women out there who are protecting them and protecting their rights and liberties. With that, though, it, it creates a void in how the military skills are transferable. And when when you look at it, uh, as a military person, uh, personally, and then looking at what the military does, the military is an organization that provides a lot of responsibility to people rather quickly. Uh, And when I say that, um, it's taken. The military is designed itself to take people from imposed discipline to self-discipline. And that is probably one of the greatest attributes that, uh, rather, if you're a sailor, soldier, marine, airman, uh, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> the, the folks have a lot of self-discipline, and they work until the job is done. As a matter of fact, that was something that, uh, when I um, soon got out of the military, was uh, one, one of my supervisors had to explain to me um, and actually uh, enforce it with me. Because it was something that was going on, and, and uh, you know, the time was, time was up, and it was like time to go home. And I'm like, well, I'm not finished. And she said, no, yes, you are. And I said, well, we, we still have to get this done. And she said, well, it's just going to have to wait till tomorrow because we're not paying you overtime. And I'm thinking, like, overtime? Well, no, I'm used to, like, you get the job done, when you, whatever it takes to get it done, you get it done. Because that's a, a military asset. I mean, people are there to complete a mission, if you will. and they're very very genius about getting that done. There's, there's, there's nothing, um, if you will, uh, false about their, their uh, pride and their integrity in doing a great job. Problem happens is when we get, when military people are ready to transition from either, you know either have served their, tour, and, and they get out, you know, it could be four, six years, however many it is, or even those people who stay to retire, the problem is they understand the military very well, and they know that they do a good job. When you get to a civilian world, where people who have never served or really don't have that experience about what the military people do, it's very difficult to transfer those skills. And, and when I say transfer, transfer the knowledge of those skills, because the military people have a lot of transferable skills. Once, I was, Initially I was talking about the leadership skill, uh, the responsibility. Well, before,
1: before we get into that, we're going to take a little break here, uh, Joseph. Uh, this is a great start for us. And when we get back, we're going to talk more about career success, both in the military and the medical civilian corps. So stay tuned. Thank you.
4: the experts. Call toll-free right now. 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com.
5: Are you dissatisfied with your current job or not earning what you need or deserve? If you're looking for a better job with better pay to enjoy a better life, go to betterjobbetterlife.com and get our seven free videos that will jumpstart your future starting today. We'll teach you how to create a cycle of success with the right mindset and plan of action. Get the interview you want with a world-class resume. Make your references work for you and beat the competition. Network your way into the hidden job market for better jobs and faster placement. Research more effectively. The key to more job leads, stronger interviews, and higher pay. Turn your interview into an offer-winning performance. Get the money now by negotiating from strength. Thousands have successfully used our proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. So grab our seven free videos that will transform your career. Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com.
4: Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the host about today's show? Please send an email to tcsonair at tcsworldwide.com. Now, back to the program.
1: Welcome back. Ken and Cheryl here with Dr. Joseph Harrison, and we're talking about jobs that support the troops. And in the first segment, uh, Joseph, you get, really gave us a great background on on the perspective of the military uh, individual who sees their job really as a mission and how important self-discipline is to success, not only in the military, but really for anyone in any career. And as, uh, as we were talking about some of the key uh, qualities that civilian workforce companies and organizations can value in those that are coming into the workforce, you were about to tell us a little bit about, about some of the leadership qualities. Can you expand on that?
2: Yes, ma'am, I, I most certainly will. Leadership, it, it's one of the, the way the military is organized is, uh, but we all know, you know, the basic premise or main focus of the military is really to fight a war. It's one that, for instance, that we're in now. And the the whole idea is that, back to the mission, for instance, if there's a situation where the leader is, is injured or taken out of service, uh, The idea is that it won't stop. The next ranking person picks up, and they take over the leadership role. Um, Oftentimes, even, um, you know, we know it it happens all the time, but the training is designed around you are the leader. And in order to be a good leader, you have to be a good follower. And so people, people in the military are good at following instructions. You know, that's a stereotype, but it's true. They're very good at following instructions, but they're also very good at leading when the opportunity presents itself, and they all know that that opportunity can happen at any time. So it creates, they all have a, a great sense of responsibility, and they have a great sense of integrity in getting the job done, or a, again, as I said before, as a mission. You know, this creates a work ethic, a work ethic that oftentimes and I, I'm not I'm not trying to generalize off to people who've never served in the military because, uh, for instance, you, yourselves, you have great worth ethics and I know like Keith Ken, excuse me, has served in the Marine Corps. But those are the type of things that are 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 instilled in military folks, and when they when they get out, you know, it just doesn't stop. Just because one stops wearing a uniform, it doesn't mean that those internal attributes that they've acquired or they may have already had and just expanded upon go away and, and, and it's the difficult part if you will, is that the military people when it comes to writing a resume or uh, presenting themselves it the, the hardest point and, and I try to help uh, people who are transitioning out of the military learn how to civilianize their resume um, because uh, most people don't speak military. Okay, um, like another even, language <laughs> yeah it is exactly another language uh, even with people who are trying to come back to work for the military for instance I work for the military and I'm, I'm retired that is not one thing that some people don't they fail to understand is that the civilian world speaks another language and they may say for instance I was uh platoon sergeant, or I was a company commander or I was a squadron commander and th- that's a lot of responsibility you know it includes uh, budgeting, includes um, personnel issues, includes um, setting goals, yearly plans. Um, it includes all those types of things that managers do, multitasking and all that but people on the outside, they have no idea what a commander is.
3: And uh, Joseph, that's exactly what, again, let me refer back to job search and total system. This is exactly what we do in there. When we, when we put together A-plus resumes, A-plus interviewing style, A-plus uh, referrals, what we do is, is help a company understand the military mindset and help the military person understand the civilian ones. It's not a one-way street. It's a two-way street. One of the yes. critical ways we can do this is put together a uh, position description or a job description that identifies military responsibilities, civilian responsibilities, and how they match. How they so we're talking the same language, and that's exactly
1: what you're saying.
2: Yes, sir. Uh, if you will, we uh, we'll call it a, a
3: crosswalk. That's right. Exactly.
1: Well, we've worked and worked with a lot of um, individuals who've come uh, had military backgrounds, and even after they've been in the civilian. Uh, workforce for a while, they still struggle sometimes with that. So it really is a key point, not only in communicating their uh, qualities, capabilities, competencies, leadership qualities, and so forth uh, in the resume, but also as they interview. So, and we'll talk more about that as we go through the program, but we want to hear a little bit about the Civilian Corps and what led you to your current position with them.
2: Well, the, um, <clears throat> when the, the Civilian Corps Um, Generally, the Army has a Civilian Corps, but me uh, in particular, I'm working with uh, the Army Medicine, um, the Army Medical Department, if you will, Civilian Corps. And our primary focus is to serve as the health care providers with the Army. uh, um, If you will, um, the Army Civilian Corps is designed to uh, – Army Medicine Civilian Corps – uh, is set up to, to help maintain the day-to-day health care um, 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 requirements for the active-duty retired folks, as we talked about, and and par- and they're really an integral part of providing health care to our soldiers and retirees and dependents. As a matter of fact, um, when we're out there recruiting at various events, um, when we share with people that they're um, now, are approximately uh, 45,000 civilians uh, in the, the medical command. Now, when I say the medical command, I'm, I'm really talking more about the fixed facilities, the hard buildings that you see on the um, on the installations, uh, those big hospitals, uh, and they're worldwide. Uh, we are we represent almost 60 percent of the healthcare team. Now, why is that? Because the the AMED itself, which is the Army Medical Department, uh, is 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 more expansive. MEDCOM is the, um, the acronym for the medical command. MEDCOM is part of the Army medicine. But, again, it's the fixed facilities. Now, we know the military people do what they have to do, and they move. And, and right now, especially, you know, we're in the middle of a conflict, and, and the soldiers are going over there to... To take care of basically the healthcare needs of those folks who are deployed, so someone has to be around to maintain the continuity and to, the, the continuity and the stability of the healthcare operations because it, it all revolves around we call it access to care. The, so, the ac- uh,
1: so let me just clarify, Joseph. The um, those who are in the civilian corps are in the facilities. Now, where are those six located?
2: Oh, my goodness. Those, we have over 70 facilities worldwide. Seventy? Yes, yeah, 70, 70-plus 70, 70 facilities worldwide. Wow. And they, they range from very large teaching medical centers um, down to um, clinics, if you will. Okay. And in between we have uh, medical facilities, hospitals that, you know, may not be a level one trauma center, but it's still, a, you know, inpatient beds and so forth. So there's the range from... The medical teaching facility in which we have the residency programs, and we bring people through, again down to clinics. As a matter of fact, one of our big issues now uh, that we're trying to do is the uh, um, improve access to care. We're going to be the army itself is going to be opening up approximately 20 clinics at 14 different locations. Again, that will be there to help focus. On providing health care, more so for our dependent populations, these are going to be within neighborhoods if you will um they They may not be on the installation per se, and again, you know we're going back to the situation that you we may have private snuffy's wife out there um that she can't it's difficult for her to get on post or you know for transportation and so forth, but if there's another location out there which we're going to have clinic. And we've done research on this to see where the, where the need is greater, um, that she'll be able to go there and won't necessarily have to get on base. So, it, again, it's about to improve access to care. So when I say 70-plus, that that's about to increase, we know, by at least about 20 more facilities.
1: So when you say this covers the entire family for, for our military in the Army, uh, what percentage of your patients then really are family versus the um, – you know, the, the military personnel themselves. Well,
2: you know, I couldn't tell you exactly, and I'm going to give you something anecdotally for, for you and the audience to, to, to absorb. I, I'm the soldier. Let's just say, I, I and I'll use me for example. I'm the soldier. I had my spouse and eight children. Okay, so I know I'm not the now average. Now I have one
1: big family, i got to say.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not the average. But when you, when you take a look at that, you have the soldier plus the family. So, I mean, you may have one spouse and what is it, 2.2 children out there that people are going to be caring for. And then, again, we're going to add that retiree and their dependents. Now, of course, we know just like every other health care system, once the children grow up and get to a certain age, then they're no longer covered under the system. However, the, the, that is our population that we're servicing.
3: Joseph, it sounds like a fantastic program. Uh, is this open to the other services, or will it be?
2: Oh, yes. Oh, the way the military health care system works is that it is it's designed for all military. So um, if one is if in the Navy, the Air Force, or whatever, it really doesn't matter They all are eligible for treatment in in each other's health care facilities.
1: Do the other
2: services have uh,
1: have, a a civilian corps as well?
2: Well, they do. However, the Army is the largest employer of civilian health care workers of all the military.
1: So this is not part of the VA or it is?
2: No, it is not part of the VA. We are focusing um, strictly on... The army for our recruitment efforts.
3: How are you funded?
2: Well, we're funded through um, healthcare monies, um, and then we have some special funds. When I say special funds, because again, the, the army and the military is is trying, to, you know, desperately. When I and I, when I say desperately, uh, not in the sense that oh, it's desperation, but in the sense of the effort that's being put into it. To, to make sure that we provide access to care. And, and, and again, some of the major issues that we have, and, and I think they really reflect more of society in general, but they may be heightened more with the military. You know, we, it's been well publicized, you know, that um, there are behavior health issues and there's primary care access issues. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to focus on those things and, and one of the the uh, major populations, you know, we're trying to get uh, a lot more behavior health people in here. And, again, it's not just for the soldier. Again, you know, people always think, oh, you know, those uh, military people, oh, there's going on. Well, no, that, that's, I, I'm going to say that's not true. Um, there's a lot that goes with it. You know, there's a lot that happens when a soldier goes away and a soldier comes back especially if they've been in a combat situation. You know, there's a lot of adjustment that has to be made, and it's not just for that soldier. It's also for the family.
3: And, Joseph, and so, one of the things that we're going to talk about in the next break is, of course, all the many issues that, are, uh, that both active military and veterans come back with is issues like PTSD. You know, mm-hmm. They have all their arms and legs, but uh, they have some real psychological issues to deal with.
2: Yeah, they, and 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 that's you know that's something again
3: back to if we relate it to the civilian world,
2: I mean when people people go through stressful events or, or or catastrophes, I mean we change and we have to learn how to deal with it. And in our case, it's not just the soldier, but we also want to ensure that the family is also in the, in the best position to deal with those things.
1: Exactly. Well when we we'll to return for break, we're going to explore more on the medical course. so stay tuned.
4: Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now. 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com.
5: Are you dissatisfied with your current job or not earning what you need or deserve? If you're looking for a better job with better pay to enjoy a better life, go to betterjobbetterlife.com and get our seven free videos that will jumpstart your future starting today. We'll teach you how to create a cycle of success with the right mindset and plan of action. Get the interview you want with a world-class resume. Make your references work for you and beat the competition. Network your way into the hidden job market for better jobs and faster placement. Research more effectively. The key to more job leads, stronger interviews, and higher pay. Turn your interview into an offer-winning performance. Get the money now by negotiating from strength. Thousands have successfully used our proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. So grab our seven free videos that will transform your career. Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com.
4: Go inside the world of PR with PR Insider, hosted by public relations expert Maureen Kettis. Maureen will speak to the world's highest profile PR pros from the fields of marketing, advertising, and sales, and PR Insider will feature renowned members of the media as special guests. Maureen will give you a VIP access pass, including tips and tricks to take your business to the next level. PR Insider with Maureen Kettis, sponsored by Cision, .CISION us.cision.com. Listen every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Network. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: Listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the host about today's show? Please send an email to TCS On at tcsworldwide.com. Now back to the program.
1: Welcome back, Ken and Cheryl here, and we're talking with Joseph Harrison about the Medical Corps, Civilian Corps, and uh, this is really fascinating. I believe uh, most people probably are unaware of the opportunities in the Civilian Corps, um, Joseph, so if you could tell us, for those uh, medical um, people that are in hospitals and clinics, and tell us a little bit about the p- kinds of positions available and how they compare with, um, you know, being in the civilian hospital and in clinic situations.
2: Okay, well, <clears throat> what we're doing, um, when you think of medical folks generally, okay, they are if you will, um, passive job seekers. Uh, and what do I mean when I say that? Uh, they are not actively out as, as one graduates from a university or one completes the medical program. Um, there's a little difference. I say if I graduate with a degree in, um, you know, human resources, um, versus coming out as, um, you know, a physician or a nurse, um, as a human resource person i 'm out there searching for a job um, because you know that's you know there's a lot of people out there that want you know that um, that are also competing however, in the medical arena um, i I call it and this is just an analogy there are a hundred thousand jobs out there, and there's seventy thousand people to fill them and so consequently um, people are after the medical people they're proactively Absolutely. Recruiting. yeah pro Yes, ma'am. Indeed. Yes. So, so what was happening with with us is that um, before we started this a couple of years ago, um, we were doing passive recruiting. Um, so we, the army, said, "You know what? This is not working." <laughs> um, and basically, what it boiled down to kind of back to the demographic thing is that a, a large number of people had no idea. That you could work for the army and not be in the army. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, when we're out there, um, even at career fairs and things like that that we we go to and conferences, um, that is a surprise that people, when they when they see us, they're like, "Well, what do you mean I can be in the army?" You know, and they'll ask things like, "Well, am I going to get deployed?" Um, "I'm too old." And we're like, "No, no, 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 hold, oh, slow down, slow down." Because the only thing they know about the Army again is serving in the Army. well, as I told you earlier, you know approximately sixty percent of, of the Army Medical command is civilians, but there are there are certain populations, and there are about twenty six uh, uh, um, occupations that we are really searching for, and I'm not going to go down a, the entire list of twenty four, but they're basically the direct care. Hands on clinical people, if you will. You know, the physicians, the um, nurses, the licensed practical nurses, physician's assistants, psychologists, the, um, the registered nurses, social workers, um, periodontists, dentists, dental lab technicians, uh, nutritionists, diagnostic radiological technologists, uh, chiropractors, audiologists, and uh, speech therapists, um, just to name a few. And we call those our direct hire positions. And that's where we went into is when part of our marketing plan to try to reach these people, so we designed our website, and, um, and that was um, www.civilianmedicaljobs.com. On that site, we try to provide enough knowledge so that people will have a, a better understanding of what it's like to work in a civilian corps. Now, one thing we did do um, before we launched this site, uh, the civilianmedicaljobs.com site, is that we went out and did focus groups um, because we knew again uh, the target audience that we were looking for. You know, again, didn't have any idea that we were looking for them, and so we went out to see what what is actually the best approach to to hit this target group. So we we we. Um, Queried some of them, actually brought them together, um, and from from the results, we found out that it, it sometimes people are afraid of the military because they don't know it. <clears throat> okay, and so what we found is that if we went across initially as army, that a barrier would go up. Um, you know, because we do have some people who are very, um, if you will, patriotic and and and. Um, Ready to serve the nation, and uh, and you know, of course, I applaud those folks. Um, but then there's a lot of others who want to get as far away from that as possible because, first of all, they don't know much about it. So, so,
1: te- so tell me this, Joseph. Um, what two two parts? What would make the ideal candidate? Obviously, they've got to have the technical capabilities in their particular specialty. Yes. But what are the qualities of an individual? Are there some differences? that attract someone to the civilian corps? And secondly, what are the benefits and by comparison to jobs they can get elsewhere? Because obviously they can work wherever they want. There's, these are um, the kinds of jobs that are in high demand and have not really been hit by the recession.
2: Yeah, well, you know,
1: <clears throat>
2: when you say the type of person, well, we're looking for the people who have the credentials. Okay, I mean, if you're going to be a physician, you need to be licensed. Uh, at, and um, same thing with nurses. And, and basically all the medical specialties, the clinical people, uh, they have to have a license from, from any state um, in the union because sometimes people believe that, well, I'm licensed in Texas. It's a little different because you're working for the federal government. So if you're licensed in Texas or licensed in New York, you can work on any federal installation. That so is that's one problem. advantage
1: for sure. You can go to different locations and not have to worry about your licensure changing.
2: No, you do not have to worry about your licensure changing. However, you must maintain your licensure. Yes,
1: okay. Uh, yeah,
2: that is, uh, that is a key component because, again, our facilities are credentialed by the same credentialing, for instance, JCO, um, the Joint Accreditation of Healthcare Organizations, you know, we're cr- credentialed by the same facilities as the facilities outside defense, if you will, the civilian facilities. So we maintain the same high standards, and oftentimes, I'm going to brag about it, I think they're higher than what our, um, some pe- some civilian facilities are. So we're, we're looking for those same type of people to have those same type of um, skills and credentials. However, what we've found, we, if you go to um, civilianmedicaljobs.com, I think we have a video on there, and it talks about about the civilian corps, and what we have is we have real live civilians who are, are working for the army, and they're telling their story. Um, you know, I, I watched a few of those. It's uh, it's very compelling. Uh, it, it it is because again, it's again to to bring down the stereotypes and bring down the barriers that people don't understand. Um, but I will, I will sh- share this with you. Uh, there are some, some great advantages um, for people who, when they come to work for us, for instance, one is no malpractice insurance. Now that is a big one.
1: I would um, agree with that. I have a sister who's a doctor, and she struggled with that issue for quite a few years before she retired.
2: Oh, yo, no question about it. You know. Um, one of the reasons, I mean, there's several others, but one of the reasons that, you know, the health care cost is what it is is because, unfortunately, you know, um, people are people and sometimes people make mistakes, um, but they have to be covered, and, and that's the malpractice. And it's very expensive, and so if I'm out there practicing in private practice, I've got to pay malpractice, I've got to pay for overhead. I've got to pay for supplies. I've got to pay, maybe buy into a practice. I've got to do all those kind of things. And so you take my $100. There's a study that was out there that shows, uh, let's just use a primary care physician. I've, for every $100 I make, I get to keep 41 Okay, so consequently, in order for me to be able to pay my bills, and we're not talking about even paying back loans or anything like that, just to pay my bills and maintain, I'm going to have to charge people a, a lot of money. And so we run into that issue. But working for the Civilian Corps, and I don't want to tell people again, you go to civilianmedicaljobs.com and you'll see, is that those types of issues don't exist with us. It's like, that,
1: that's an excellent advantage. Something you just said, um, I was just uh, wondering is there any kind of program to help if, if someone wants to go into medical school? Is there some kind of program, scholarship program, that helps them if they commit to going into the medical corps or no?
2: No, not for civilians, okay? Um, now, if they want to go on to the military side, um, there are numerous programs out there um, that they have. Um, and the, the difference
1: best- there is they could be deployed to an actual uh well-
2: well, mm-hmm. the difference there is that they'll be serving on active duty, or they may be in the uh, National Guard or reserves. Uh, that that is the the difference. What we're looking for is we're looking for the uh, fully qualified individuals. Again, right, so
3: let me ask you this: many of our listeners uh, may not have the specific background you're interested in, but they have a huge amount of interest in it. Mm-hmm. Those that uh, may not have a specific background but would like to. Uh, be trained in or go to school for. Uh, share uh, that with our listeners. Those who have an interest in it but want to either go to school or be trained or whatever it takes to qualify.
2: Okay. When when you're, uh, uh, let me make sure I understand your question. You're talking about um, for instance, to be trained as a nurse or yeah
3: sure any of your uh, any of your physicians um, what would it take to have someone who isn't qualified to qualify?
2: Oh my goodness, well, basically um, that is them going to school, which is can be very expensive. Uh, uh, so they, yeah.
1: they, they you, you, what you're saying is you're you're looking for qualified people, we're, and those we're, who are interested, they've got to go and get their education, and then they can apply. Right now, again,
2: uh, as I had mentioned earlier, we're as for the civilian corps, we're looking for the fully qualified individuals, uh, those people who have completed their training, and uh, they are licensed by the state and they're ready to go to work.
3: Okay, I wasn't referring to anyone who had no medical training, but those who had some training but not specifically in your positions, that would require additional training or, or going for certification or whatever.
2: Okay, I'm, I'm, I am think I still might be missing a bit. Um, the, we, as as you've got all kinds business, of
1: jobs besides the technical as well, don't you? Don't
2: you? Oh, uh, okay. Now, now, our primary focus again is on those direct hire category positions. However, for other jobs um, that are outside of the direct care, as we call it, direct hire category positions, um, they still can come to our website, uh, civilianmedicaljobs dot com, and if they look down at the bottom, there are. Um, what we call aff- affiliated sites, um, websites, in which they can go down and they'll be able to look at other opportunities within the federal government. Um, for instance, um, you know, of course we're looking at dental and and um, um, medical jobs. But for people who do not have those particular skills, um, there's a site they can go to It's called USA Jobs. Um, we have our civilian personnel online, which is the uh, it's uh, acpol.army.mil. Um, there's um, again that usajobs.gov. Those are positions and those are places that people can go to um, looking for general uh, work with the federal government. Now, okay, if they so want to your, know...
1: your civilian corps is for the medical personnel only. Let's go back Joseph to um, some of the benefits that that um, being in the civilian corps offers aside from just being in the regular hospital or clinic environment. you mentioned the um, not needing the medical malpractice and being able to serve in other locations other where you, other than where you might have your license are there some others that you want to share yeah there there's,
2: uh, there are some some outstanding benefits that go along with the uh, working for the uh, federal government because the, when you come to work for us you'll be actually a federal employee you know there there's exceptional health care and life insurance programs retirement plans are 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 outstanding and i'll talk a little bit more about that a little later um and and I think, Ken, this may kind of go in line with what you were talking about. We do have t- tuition reimbursement programs, and in some cases, that they will pay for people to get education. All right. Can we
1: can we hold right there? We need to take a little break here. When we come back, we'll pick up with the tuition reimbursement. So stay tuned.
4: talk 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 that's all we do is talk if you'd like to talk call us toll free right now at 1-866-472-5787 1-866-472-5787 that's it that's it voiceamerica.com
5: are you dissatisfied with your current job or not earning what you need or deserve if you're looking for a better job with better pay to enjoy a better life, go to betterjobbetterlife.com and get our seven free videos that will jumpstart your future starting today. We'll teach you how to create a cycle of success with the right mindset and plan of action. Get the interview you want with a world class resume. Make your references work for you and beat the competition. Network your way into the hidden job market for better jobs and faster placement. Research more effectively. The key to more job leads, stronger interviews, and higher pay. Turn your interview into an offer-winning performance. Get the money now by negotiating from strength. Thousands have successfully used our proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. So grab our seven free videos that will transform your career. Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk.
0: listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the host about today's show? Please send an email to TCS Air at tcsworldwide.com. Now, back to the program.
1: Welcome back. Ken and Cheryl here with Joseph Harrison, and we're talking about the um, Medical Civilian Corps. And in the last segment, uh, Joseph, you were sharing one of the benefits um, of tuition reimbursement. Can you share a little bit more about that?
2: yeah for instance um you know most of it revolves around the needs and and what the individual is is interested in and there are federal programs out there in which the person may apply say if they want to go to school and once they complete the program or complete the course um that they are provided tuition assistance reimbursement um and that's strictly for civilians, a little different with the military now there's there's also some other uh benefits, and I'll kind of go back through the um, um, I'll hit retirement plans, but for instance, like staffing ratios, I believe are, are excellent. Uh, the teamwork that people have is is excellent, and the idea that you have patience over profits is probably the most exceptional idea that that they would serve under, because you know outside defenses, it's money driven. Let's, let's be honest. Now we're not talking about. The difference between that and efficiencies, you know, we're not a for profit organization again. You know, we're trying to to help people get well. You know, so it provides. Uh, let, let's give another example that I think that uh, let's use physicians, for example. You know, a lot of times people have to travel. You know, you have some physicians, and I've talked to them, that they may have, have to cover multiple locations. The uh, resources that they need aren't really there. They have to deal with insurance issues. Uh, those are the kind of things that they don't have to worry about with us. You to spend some quality time with your patients. And then probably the most important thing is that you also have time to spend with your family and you have your personal time because people, they come to work, they do what they need to do, and then they go home. Now, let's get into, for instance, the retirement plan. That's another big one that a lot of people don't think about. We have a a three-tier retirement system, and one is the uh, Federal Employees Retirement System, which is just a normal system that you would contribute to and you gain retirement. Um, The other part of that revolves around Social Security, and then probably the one that's probably more appealing to more people is what we call our Thrift Savings Plan, and it's more of a retirement savings investment plan that's very similar to... Uh, the 401k. Now, the big difference when you come to work for us is that there's no waiting period. Um, when you start working, you are eligible for these things, and the contributions that the federal government makes towards your um, TSP, as we call the TSP, thrift savings plan, start immediately. So, that is probably one of the greatest benefits. You have your retirement, and you have the um, you're able to to Start using these things right away. There's no, like, 90-, 80-, 100-day period that you have to wait.
1: That's excellent. And I, I think um, before I – because for this segment is a little shorter because uh, the last was uh, – we were, we were getting into a lot of those benefits. Um, just to uh, share with our audience, if you would, Joseph, some of the Civilian core values that yes. really attract people to your organization.
2: Well <clears> – <throat> You know, the the Army Civilian Corps as a whole uh, has a a creed, if you will, Uh, and it it goes right along with the military creed. Um, And let me me share this with you. Um, You know, the Army Civilian Corps has been in existence uh, for over 231 years, if you will. I mean, they've, they've been a critical component to the total Army, and for Army medicine, um, we are, again, I said almost 60% of the Army Medical Command. Let me share with you just what that creed is. Um, it's, one, is this. I am an Army civilian, a member of an Army team. Two, I am dedicated to our Army, our soldiers, and civilians. It says, I will always support the mission. I provide stability and continuity during war and peace. I support and defend the Constitution of the United States and consider it an honor to serve in our nation and our Army. <clears throat> and I live the Army values. And the Army values themselves are loyalty, duty, respect, selfless service, honor, integrity, and personal courage. It says, I am a civilian. Now, <clears throat> you know, we talked earlier about the 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 values and and the type of person you know I told you it takes a special person to serve in the military and additionally as if you will it takes the same kind of person because we're we're looking for someone that that has a lot of integrity and it's it's more than just the money not to say that they're not paid well believe me they are paid very well and very competitively however there, again there's more to it because you're a member of an organization, and the organization is the United States Army. And it's not like, say, uh, one of the hospitals, you know, downtown or even you know, a person's private practice where you be, it becomes a job. You know, once you work for the Army, you know, you're also entitled to a lot of other things that people outside defense, if you will. You know, we have special shows. We have the, we have in-house um, horseback riding in some places, gyms. You know, people pay thousands of dollars to go to a fitness center. The military installations, in particular the the Army and the Air Force and so forth, have state-of-the-art gymnasiums and fitness centers and programs, again, not only for the military people and their family, but you are, as a DOD civilian, you are eligible to go to these things. For instance, special ticket prices, tours, all of those things that come along with the job are little fringe benefits that other places don't necessarily have.
1: Well, Joseph, if you keep talking, I might go back to school and get my medical degree. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will will say this, Gerald. Again, it it becomes, it's more than just
2: a job. I mean, I know that may be a cliche, but we like to say it's part of helping those that help protect us.
3: Joseph, I have a personal question. Uh, you're teaching at University of Phoenix. Is this the type of thing you're doing for University of Phoenix?
2: Oh, oh, um, oh no. For University of Phoenix, I don't recruit. Um, that that is one of my second passions. Okay. Uh, in particular, I teach ground school uh, at the San Antonio campus at um, San Antonio, um, Texas. Right. Um, I've been teaching at University of Phoenix now for five six years. You well, know, that's a shame when you sit there and, and have to think about it because it's been re- it's been enjoyable to the fact well, that the well, years. The reason go I by. ask
3: is we, we have a partnership with anywhere so Phoenix and Bill Peppasola, the president, has been on our show twice, so we have a lot of a lot of things to talk about in that area as well.
2: Well, you know, I personally, I think especially if you look at the University of Phoenix and then you look at the military, it is one of those institutions that is military-friendly.
3: Well, and when you'll I... be happy to know that Bill Pepicello, when we did our first show, had two Marine officers in Iraq, and uh, he was uh, just so uh, pro-military and overwhelmed with our program and what we do. So uh, that is a perfect opportunity perhaps to partner up and help veterans that way.
2: Oh, it's no question about it. I mean, well, what
1: are you teaching uh, at the university, uh, Joseph? I
2: my I teach um, human resources management, strategic business practices, um, those types of things um, for for to...
1: Well, that's that's excellent. Well, we have learned so much today. I really appreciate your coming on and sharing. Uh, your expertise uh, on the civilian corps and also about your military background for those that are interested, perhaps, in a career in the military. And I just want to again um, say how much, how proud we are to, uh, to serve our um, and help our military and the veterans who come through our program to move on to bigger and better opportunities as they look into the civilian workforce. And I know many of them come back in and stay into the million, uh, civilian corps. Um, after they've completed their uh, service, just like you have, uh, Joseph. You've been both in the military and the civilian side in jobs, and now you've come back to the civilian corps yourself. So you've come full full circle, haven't you?
2: Um, yes, ma'am. Uh, it, again, it's, it's one of those things that, um, as we stated earlier, it becomes a part of you. It, it, it's not just a job. I mean, it is is the life, is the lifestyle.
3: Well, Joseph, we have to wind it up. Uh, Thank you so much. And uh, as a a military veteran, I want to uh, thank all of our active military and military veterans around the world. God bless you, and God bless America.
1: I want to say, yeah, thank you, Joseph. I want to say, too, just a reminder that if you're interested in our seven free videos to help you get Get a better better pay and a better life, be sure to go to www.betterjobbetterlife.com. Thanks again, Joseph, for being with us today, and God bless
0: you. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us this week on Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Remember to join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, here on the Voice America Variety Channel.